0: Hey friend, welcome back to the podcast. Now, today's episode is something that I never imagined actually recording, and today we're going to talk about uh, nine ways that you can positively impact your health and wellness business during a pandemic shutdown. Now, as we all know, right now we are dealing with coronavirus or COVID-19, which is something that is causing a huge havoc in our society you know it's causing lots of shutdowns it's causing people to self-isolate it's causing quarantines and it's a really distressing time for everybody right now i know personally it's really affected me in terms of my energy and i've really had a hard time showing up um, and serving my audience and to be perfectly honest i haven't known what to say about this topic so when my friend ashley sorokas actually reached out to me um, wanting to talk about this topic on the podcast i was all for it because i knew that she would have something really good to say about how to show up during this tough and difficult time now, the one thing I want to say to preface this episode is you're going to hear a lot of different ways, nine to be exact, nine different ways that you can positively impact your business and actually expand your business during this extra time that some of us might have. Now, what I wanted to say is if you're interested in growing your business in this time, this episode is definitely for you. But if you're feeling that you need to take a little bit of space and time right now, you still might want to listen to the episode, but I want to remind you that you don't have to do it all right now it's okay to take a step back it's okay to not be productive during this time off I want you to really listen to yourself right now and really respect that you might have some boundaries in your time that you don't want to cross even if there's time available So this is here for you as a resource, but please try not to get overwhelmed, take it day by day, take it step by step. And if you need support during this difficult time, I would love for you to reach out to me on Instagram. Uh, My handle is at stephanielong.ca. Please ask your business questions, ask me for support. I will do my absolute best to be there for you guys and help navigate this rocky time. So I have Ashley on the podcast um, and Ashley is a former registered holistic nutritionist turned wellness website and brand expert. She knows how to build a business in multiple ways after serving dozens of one-on-one health clients, generating thousands of dollars through her online courses and growing a network marketing business to 6,500 customers and multiple six figures. Now, Ashley's taught hundreds of tech shabby wellness entrepreneurs how to build their business and brand their own websites through her course, Brand Build Blog. She firmly believes you don't have to be a professional graphic designer or website developer to create your own pretty and profitable website that builds your business on autopilot. You just have to know where to start. So today's going to be a really actionable episode. A few different ways you can start right now in building that business or scaling that business when you might have a little bit of time right now while we're navigating what's going on in the world. And again, I just want to remind you to take everything step by step. Don't overwhelm yourselves. Do as much or as little as you can or as you want to. And the main thing is that I want you guys to take care of yourselves. Um, Enjoy this episode and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, Ashley. Thanks for coming on the podcast today to talk all about this coronavirus craziness. Um, Thank you for coming on to talk about this uh, topic.
1: You're welcome. Like we were talking about, it didn't feel appropriate to talk about what we had (laughs) Mm pre-scheduled at all. And um, yeah, we just kind of got on the topic, right? And it's like, let's dive into that because, and it's funny, as someone who normally feels a lot of anxiety, I'm actually really... Kind of crazily calm during all of this. Like I don't know, my anxiety acts up when I'm when there's nothing to act up about, and then when a crisis hits, my anxiety's like, okay, let's get into action mode. Let's talk about the important things." So,
0: yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, and I mean, I know I had mentioned to you previously, and um, I've said this online as well that for me personally, like it's just a weird topic that I don't actually know how to navigate. I don't. I obviously have my own thoughts and feelings around it, but I just don't know how to speak about it you know as a small business so the fact that you're coming on to speak about it in a way where we're acknowledging what's happening we're acknowledging the craziness in the world right now but you're coming in with some actionable ways to actually you know move your business forward if you're able to do so right now, and I'm sure we'll get into that a bit more depending on your circumstance, but um, for you to be able to come on and, and help me have this conversation, I really, truly appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you. And I know we're we're great friends through our Instagram chats that we have all the time. And, you know, it goes right back to you that you've helped me through sometimes you've always checked in and, and always done that. And I'm happy to have this conversation because I was thinking about it earlier today and, and did feel that. I needed to change some things in my business. Like I were just saying, I had a different blog post that was going to go out and I didn't feel like it was appropriate. I felt like I did need to at least hint about the fact or talk about the fact that yes, this isn't business as usual. I listened to a great live from, um, I was in a, a mastermind last year and Mariah Cause who ran that mastermind, she did a fantastic live on her public business page. If anyone wants to just go on Facebook and search for Mariah Cause it talked about how there is a need right now for all of us to show up and especially us as health and wellness practitioners like there are so many people out there that are filled with fear and are um you know their their bodies are not in a position to give them a healthy foundation while they get exposed to and i mean statistics show that the majority of people are at least going to be exposed to covid-19 mm-hmm. and you know hopefully many of us have a strong enough immune system if you know statistically if you're under the age of 40 mm-hmm. and if you have no underlying health issues you know you you statistically will get through it um but you know it's it's i've heard Without fear mongering and without blowing it out of proportion, I have heard some people say, like, these are the measures that historically we went to when we were at war. Now, Mm -hmm. usually it was at war with other nations, clearly. And this is not another nation, but this is a war against you know, something. So it's just, it's just such a you know, I think when all of us were doing our 2020 planning, <laughs> did we <laughs> think we'd be planning for a pandemic? I mean, it's been such a strange year here in Ontario. We've had um school closures and strikes. Uh, for you know, my son's seven and a half, he's in elementary school. So it was always it was already a very kind of um weird year just kind of feeling like it it wasn't business as usual to begin with. And then this is a whole other layer to that conversation. So I definitely feel like um, we don't want to be part of that fear mongering, but I've always been of the mind and of uh, transparency is one of my brand uh, foundations that I want to talk about the things that are hard to talk about because just because we don't talk about them doesn't mean they're not there and they're not affecting you greatly.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: I'm kind of like, let's have the difficult conversation. And, you know, I'm maybe, maybe we'll be putting our foot in our mouths in two weeks from now and maybe things will change so drastically. But... I do still think that we do have a responsibility to show up in a big way right now as health and wellness practitioners. And there are many ways that we can do that without having to spread the virus ourselves and be in contact with people. With the wonderful thing that is technology now, we have the amazing opportunity to still be able to be in contact and educate others. So we need to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I know I had mentioned to you before we started recording that I think when it comes to a time like this, people get and they have maybe let's say a little bit of free time now, depending on their health and their responsibilities, you know, some people might have time, some people might not. But I think for the people that do have time right now, and they want to grow their business, they're seeing this as an opportunity to, you know, sit down and get some of that work done. They're looking at that list of everything that needs to happen and they're feeling overwhelmed. So why don't we just get started with, you know, I know you have about nine ways that somebody could, you know, really focus their time and energy right now while going through this. Why don't we break it down and kind of go through each one and then have people choose, you know, where they want to get started and maybe you know, as they're listening, they're going to hear one that pops out to them and they're going to think, you know, I'm going to work on that one thing during this time versus get overwhelmed with a hundred things they need to do. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's a skill that you're going to learn as a business owner as well as as an entrepreneur, there's always a hundred and or a million things that you could be doing at any one time. You do have to just choose one thing and start taking a step forward on that one thing. So when we're talking about these nine things, we're not saying do all of these nine things. It's depending on where you are in your business. Um, Also depending Depending on, you know, if you have little ones at home like myself, maybe you have less free time or maybe the time that you have to work on your business needs to be in a different way. Maybe you're not able to record podcast episodes if you, for instance, had a podcast and maybe you can't do that if the kids are in the same room and they're screaming and you're trying to entertain them. But maybe you do have a couple of hours at night after they've gone to bed for to do something quieter or to do something in a different way. So maybe this will just give you some different ideas. And that's what my hope is with this.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, let's dig right in.
1: All right. Well, let's say number one. Now, you know, total disclosure, I am a branding and website expert. So of course, number one is get a website. And this is, um, again, this is a bigger project. You are not necessarily going to be able to build a, like, Especially if it's your first time, you're not going to be able to build an entire website necessarily in a week or two. Or, but like, who knows how long this is going to last, right? We've we've been hearing um, rumors of maybe even a couple months, which heaven forbid. Like, let's hope that doesn't happen. But number one is a website because we are seeing this huge shift. We're seeing schools needing to get online. We're seeing workplaces that have never historically had to get online. They need to get online. We've had, what, Harvard is shut down. Major universities around the countries have all shut down, around the world have shut down. There is a big need right now to get a website. And when I say that there's a huge opportunity to reach people, it's number one, they're sequestered at home. They don't have as much to do. Now, let's be honest, Netflix, any other, you know, live <laughs> streaming services are gonna get us through the first few days. But then once you're, I mean, you, there's only so much TV you can watch before you're like, I actually want to use my brain, right? And there's absolutely a time and place for turning your brain off and and singing into those Netflix marathons. Um, but a website has its advantages because that is how people are going to find you when they're searching on Google. And People are not going to be going on Instagram right now and searching, you know, how do I strengthen my immune system? That's not something that they're going to go on Instagram or Facebook to search, but it is something that they're going to go on Google and search. And Google is going to find the majority of time, it's going to find those results on a quality website or YouTube as well. So it does pull YouTube videos. So they may be searching that on Pinterest, but much more likely, like there are statistics that show that 80 to 90% of people when they're searching for specific health uh, recommendations, they're going to do it on Google first or on, let's say, any other major search engines for the most most part, that's Google. So if you do want to be found, if you want to have the opportunity to have a voice and to not be drowned out by all the rest of the posts that everyone's going to be posting, all the news articles, everyone's sharing and complaining and everything on social media, especially Facebook, you can do that and have an opportunity to do that on your website. So that to me is the underlying foundation of a lot of successful businesses. Um, Also, it's something that a lot of people think they don't have the time for. It feels like a huge project. So this is the time that if you happen to be home, and you don't have much else to do, (laughs) as Mm -hmm. we're not going to, I think a website should be priority number one, to be honest.
0: So what would you say to the people that don't think they need to have a website for their health and wellness business? Well,
1: I, and I did this in my last launch. I mean, I have a course on branding and building your own website. So I have done um, probably about six or seven launches at this point of my course over the last five years. And the last, uh, I'm going to look up some of these these statistics here. My last launch that I did, I did a series of live videos leading up to it. And I asked myself, what is, like, is there actual research that shows that having a website for your health business is worth it? Like, I am, if you know me, and some of you may, some of you may not, I love science, I love statistics, I love having research and data to back up some of the reasons of why I'm doing things in my business. Now, I use my gut intuition a lot as well, but I love it, and I just think it's you know the icing on top of the cake when you can actually find statistics to back it up. And I found some amazing statistics. And I'm looking through my Trello board now, which is where I planned all of my pre-launch live streams. And some of these statistics were absolutely amazing. So... A report, now this is a little bit older, so in 2012, a report showed that 89% of consumers searched the web specifically using search engines before making a buying decision. And when they were choosing healthcare products and services, 75% said they rely on online information. Mm -hmm. So again, how are you going to be found on Google if people are using a search engine? You're going to be found through your website. Um, Another one, what are some of the other ones? Um, Social media. So everyone says I don't need a website because I have social media. There was another study. This one was from 2018. And what this did is it looked at two different surveys that were done, one in 2016 and one in 2018, to see if any behaviors of shopping and purchasing through social media was changing. So in 2018, one of the the statistics was 58% of respondents say that social media influences a purchasing decision, which I think we can all agree with. Absolutely, we go over to Instagram or Facebook to see what some of these companies are up to. But they follow that up with that 82% of respondents have yet to use a feature like a social buy button to buy directly through social media. So of course we're using social media to increase that know, like, and trust factor that, you know, absolutely I agree with. But when it comes to actually pulling the trigger and making that decision to buy, they're doing it on a website. Um, so I'm looking through some of my other ones here. Oh, there was one that was absolutely amazing. Um, this is a great one here. Now, this isn't necessarily going to be to sell your product, but I think this statistic is very, very, very timely for this conversation. A study in 2019 by Penn Medicine found, um, that 6% of our participant searches, um, so our participant in this particular study 6% 6% of their searches online were health-related, but in the week before an emergency room visit, this went up to 15%. Mm-hmm. So not only that, but during that time, 56% of patients search for symptoms, and then the other half were searching for the actual hospital, and 23% about the treatment or the management of a disease. So right now, people are going to be using search engines in a huge way. Now, again, um, there isn't going to be as holistic nutritionists as health coaches. We're not going to be able to make actual disease claims. We never can, right? We can't Mm -hmm. heal things. Um, And specifically, there is not a lot that we know about COVID-19. But People are absolutely going to be searching for things like how to strengthen my immune system, how to um, reduce stress, how to, um, you know, a great article would be like how to get through seven days of isolation with your family, you know, (laughs) like that's Mm -hmm. part of stress management and everything else. So there's part of that, but um, like, that's the thing is like this. So even though we all think everyone's buying off social media, statistics actually show us very differently. Yeah. And I think you probably can feel the same way. Like if I go to buy a mattress, I want to go and see if there's any reviews or anything and want to see kind of what the social presence is of companies like that. But I am going to the website to look at testimonials. I'm going to get more really in-depth information about that company about their you know what is their ethos what is their um, mission what is their what are they all about what are their beliefs what are their values I'm looking for that I nine times out of ten and I don't think I'm the, the you know outlier here I'm going to their website to find that information.
0: Yeah, me a hundred percent as well. I don't make many purchases without doing a thorough investigation online. Somehow, lots of googling, even going to the social media pages. But I would say the biggest trust factor for me personally is through the website and really getting that sense of the company or the person that I'm going to invest into.
1: Yeah, and especially if it's a larger purchase. If it's just you know a pair of earrings and it's fifteen or twenty or thirty dollars or fifty dollars, absolutely you can sell that sort of stuff on social media. But when we're looking at where people actually have to change their behaviors and that's what most of us are selling right we're selling solutions where people have to be an active participant in getting the outcome that they want um they are you know they are thinking about the cost but subconsciously what they're also thinking is do I trust this person enough to invest and spend that much time with them? Like, how much time is this going to take? And there are all these other things that go into those decisions that if you're selling something for a couple hundred or especially a couple of thousands of dollars, that's a major purchasing decision and they need more information than what they can just find on social media. Absolutely.
0: hmm hundred percent. So what would um, thing number two be that we can do um, during this time of uncertainty?
1: Yeah, now this makes sense, again, if you already have a website, but you can also do this in a mini way on social media, is write three new blog posts. Now, when I say write blog posts, I don't mean a short little like, hi, how is everyone doing? Like, I don't mean a really surface level. I mean a blog post that is going to solve someone's problem. And the reason why ideally this would live on a website is, again, because people are searching a problem on a search engine, and they're looking for a solution that is going to help the problem right in that moment. So again, they're not necessarily going to be searching for that in-depth information on social media. Ideally, they're doing it, and and statistically, they're doing it through a search engine. But you can also take a blog post and kind of split it up and do it in an Instagram post. I've seen people do that before Mm -hmm. as well. Now, when I use that angle of writing blog posts. I don't just mean also writing blog posts that um are standalone or um just very I mean we're going to write timely blog posts right now but what I mean is writing a blog post very intentionally. And the way I mean that is you actually want to look at you don't just want to look like I'm writing blog posts and um I'm writing them just for the sake of writing them. What we want to look at it as what do you have to sell? Because I mean, we're not mm-hmm. saying this uh for the sake of just making money, we're sell- We're looking at it as you have a business and you need to make an income. And especially during this time, if you don't have another opportunity to make income or that's been shut down or you can't work your other job that you might have, you absolutely need to make an income in your business. So we do need to quote unquote sell. Now, what I, The way I like to look at my blog posts, and this is not every single blog post, but I mean, let's take a chance here to get really intentional and very strategic and maybe try out a new way of writing blog posts. And that is with the idea of knowing what you wanna sell at the end of it. So if you have a program, that offers a very specific solution. I know that you teach to your students. You you have to have a very specific niche where you are solving a problem. And that's what you're designing these programs around. So when you have your program and you already know what you're selling, whether it be in-person, online, um, group, ideally it would be online right now, it wouldn't be an actual in-person group. But You have a group of people that are looking for a very specific result. You don't have one person in there with type 2 diabetes and another person who has Crohn's and another person that has osteoporosis. You know, you're generally working with the same group of people and they're going to have similar issues and they're going to be looking for answers to the questions that they have specifically pertaining to the problem you solve. So you write down like what are the top three questions that when people ask me when they find out I'm an expert in... X, Y, Z thing? What are the three questions that keep coming up over and over again? And then you write a blog post on each of those three questions. Because what it's doing is you're showing them that you're an expert, you're showing them that you're knowledgeable about the subject, and it makes it a lot easier at the end to say, if you'd like this blog post, go check out my paid solution.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And So you're not just spending all of this time and energy to create something that you know, it has a life of a week or, you know, mm-hmm. 10 days or whatever time frame, something that's just going to kind of fall by the wayside. You're creating something that's going to create this passive, you know, kind of evergreen style flow of people to your business right yeah it's like a net it's like a net like you're
1: catching everyone in your net of you know some people are going to come from google because they're finding you through a search engine because you wrote it very intentionally some people are going to go and end up buying because they found you via that specific blog post then not only that you can take that blog post and you can turn it into content for social media in the future doesn't mm-hmm. have to be during this, you know, COVID nineteen outbreak pandemic, but it can be used at any time in the future to recycle blog posts because sometimes we forget we wrote awesome stuff, you know, six months ago, a year ago, and you're sitting there going, oh, what do I post about on Instagram today? It's like remind everyone that you, because chances are, new followers have no idea that you wrote this amazing thing a year ago, and all of the information in it is still
0: very accurate
1: and relevant today.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely recycle that information, right? You mm-hmm. have to bang these things over and over. And I think it's kind of, I would take this from your business model is, you know, creating maybe not as frequent of blog posts, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but, you know, maybe you're not writing one every single week because you're creating one, maybe even a month that's like highly, highly valuable. Yep. So do you do you kind of prescribe to that as well?
1: Yep. I teach in my course, I say, let's look at your calendar, and I would rather you write half the amount of blog posts, but they are high, high quality, than to write crap blog posts more often. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not going, like, Google will actually penalize you if you don't write high quality stuff. Mm -hmm. So when we say high quality, we mean, um, like, most of my blog posts are 3,000 to 5,000 words minimum. Search engine optimization is ideally you want to write at least a 1,000 words. A 1,000 words, I can't think of how long an Instagram post would be. Because an Instagram post, I think, is what, a 1,000 characters, maybe 2,000 characters? Um, so really, Google wants you to write more than you would write in a surface-level Instagram post. That's mm-hmm. what they want. They only want to – they want to give you priority – over others if you are legitimately trying to help them with no strings attached and you're not trying to do the little tricks. You know, there used to be things that you could do years ago with search engine optimization that if you do those things now, Google will actually penalize you. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to get back into Google's good graces when you do stupid crap. Kind of equivalent of following, uh, buying followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. If you were to Mm -hmm. do that equivalent in writing blog posts, no, like you need to write a blog post that has no strings attached, that you can get someone a result, whether it's the smallest little result forward in making their health a little bit more on the good side for them. But if someone can read your blog post and actually take action and have some sort of positive action and result after they've read it and put it into action, that is an amazing service to be able to provide someone. So imagine if they're following two people on Instagram who specialize in the same thing, a problem that they have, who are they going to trust more when both people come out with a paid product at the same time? The person who is just putting up like these really like, what's everyone doing today? Outfit of the day. Like that type of post. Or are you going to trust the person where you go to their website and you can find actual solutions already for free? Who are you going to trust more?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're going to trust the second person. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And I think we're spending so much time creating content already, you know, or at least thinking up, okay, what's the next piece of content I can create? Why not put all of that energy into a really highly valuable piece of content mm-hmm. versus, like you said, small pieces that aren't really serving much of a purpose.
1: Yeah. And that brings us to step number three, which is pre-schedule your social media. And I did write a blog post on the, the blog post was called um, creating two weeks of social media content in less than four hours. And the foundation of that strategy is using a system from a blog post that you already created. And that's where it's the epitome of working once and using it to your advantage. And that two weeks of creating that social media content could be directly after. You created that blog post. So it could be, you know, you write the blog post on a Monday and then all your content for that whole week, Monday to Friday, or if you work weekends and the following week are all related kind of back or linked back to that blog post. Or you could six months from now be like, okay, I only have five blog posts. So I'm going to then repeat the information or use it in a different way from that same blog post. I'm going to focus on that six months from now or um, what I like to do before my launches is I write a couple of blog posts that directly lead into the subject that I'm going to be launching about, which me is you know branding and website building. So I might write, and after, again, five years of launching, I have probably six or seven really high-quality blog posts that if for some reason, if I got sick, if it was a blog post that people were like, oh my God, this is amazing, and it was getting really good traction in a previous launch, I can reuse that, in the next launch, because if I've grown my list by even a couple of hundred people, that's a couple hundred people that did not see that content from before. Mm-hmm. So I can then reuse it in launches. I can use it in social media. You can take one blog post, you can turn it into a podcast, a YouTube video, six Instagram posts, six Instagram stories, six a Facebook live, an Instagram live. You can then take the Instagram live and turn it into an Instagram TV you know, like that's the thing is you don't need to constantly come up with all of these mini little pieces of content, which is what I consider social media posts. It's almost like each post itself can still tell a story and it takes a lot of work to tell a story. But if you already told the story, then why not take, um, I like to pull out like quotes. Like I'll sometimes write something I'm like, Ooh, that would make a really good you know quote that people might want to share on Instagram. So mm-hmm. you just take that and you, Make it into a nice little quote. You go into Canva and they have little templates and, you you know, five minutes, you turn it into this beautiful quote that could be shared up to, you know, to 20,000 other people, right? Um, There's no need to reinvent the wheel. Your brain already worked really hard once. Take advantage of the wisdom and the amazingness. And you might go back and read old blog posts and be like, I can't believe I wrote that. Like, I sounded like I know what I was talking about. (laughs) It's like, let's share that again, Right
0: hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think this goes back to your whole point about, you know, we're creating content for an end goal, for a purpose. And if we're not necessarily um, scheduling our social media posts, you know, what is the end goal that we have in mind, then we're kind of just working, we're like a hamster on a hamster wheel, just like, okay, next post, next post, next post. And it's like, yeah. we can never get off because we're just trying to keep up.
1: Yeah, And I've heard a really good quote that I put in one of my blog posts about social media is there's an old school quote that says something like, worrying is like being in a rocking chair. You're constantly moving, but you're not going anywhere. It's kind of like a hamster wheel, right? Like you're rocking, you're doing a lot of work going back and forth, but you're not actually going anywhere, right? You might as well use that work. I kind of think that's what social media is like most of the time. If you don't have, and I mean, there's a time to be fun on social media and show who you are. I like doing that in Instagram stories, right? It's, it's, you show the behind the scenes, you know, I'll do a little series of stories and everyone's like, oh my God, your bird's chirping in the background. And that shows, you know, what it's like to, to live in my life. But the rest of my posts are pre-scheduled, pre-written using specific apps that I then don't have to sit there and go like, oh my God, what am I going to say today? It's Mm -hmm. already written and I don't have to worry about it. And then I can batch that and I can move on to something else because I don't know how everyone else works, but my brain works a lot better when I can batch content creation. And then I have days where I have the entire day to work on a new project or to develop a new online course or something that I'm going to come out with that's going to make me more money. Mm -hmm. So instead of doing a little bit every day, you know, I can just have my time in there and be like, okay, great. I did my Instagram stories today. Awesome. I'm done that for today. On to the next five hours of being able to focused work on something else.
0: Mm -hmm. Versus sitting on your phone for an hour or two, just trying to come up with that post. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Or find the picture.
0: A lot of times it's the
1: picture, right? Like, let's be honest. We might know what we want to say. It's the finding the picture that looks good in your grid, right? That's sometimes the hard part too. I know.
0: I know. Yeah, that's a hard one for sure. It's always it's always it's, oh double, gosh, it's the, content, the writing and the photo.
1: Yeah. Right. And especially when you do branding like me, I'm like, oh, I'm not just putting in any page. It's got to look good. Mm-hmm. Like it's got to look good. I think we all want it to
0: look good, exactly. right? But oh, God, I like kind of gave up on that a little bit, which my <laughs> probably know what you want to hear. But for me personally, it was stressing me out so much. Um, but I can understand that for someone that does branding and you, and you yeah. want it to look good and you want people to come to your profile and see that it's cohesive right we don't want something that looks so disjointed and then something's gone right away
1: that's why i use the app cuz i can drag and upload my content before and be like ooh that picture actually looks better there and yeah. that picture looks better there and that for me as being a you know ocd control design freak it makes me so happy <laughs>
0: hmm and for, we need people like you to keep that aesthetic I, in the world
1: <laughs> okay people don't be a perfectionist like me do what stuff does share your face more mm-hmm. I'm not good at that but yeah I like I like pretty websites than showing my selfie face right
0: yeah no exactly you, you do what you got to do right yeah. <laughs> to you do confidence. you do you yeah you exactly so exactly. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. what's the fourth um thing that people could focus on
1: Okay, this is my favorite way of growing your email list. So I have so many holistic practitioners, wellness entrepreneurs that are like, okay, I I do have a little bit of a social media following now, but like I can't get them to go on my email list. And I keep hearing that email lists are so important and absolutely they are. They still to this day convert better for sales than any other form of marketing, including social media. So number four is create content upgrades. So a content upgrade, a lot of people don't even know what that is. So content upgrade for me, this is how I define it. It's an extra freebie. That lives right in a blog post. So there are things that most people know, which is an opt-in. So an opt-in, I consider that more of like a bigger, um, you might take a little bit more time on it. It might be a challenge or a meal plan or a you know, a series of three videos or or some sort of it, it takes you a little bit. It usually has its own, sometimes it has its own landing page or a dedicated page on your website that people can give you their name and email to get that more big gift, right? But Again, most people are going to find your website or find your content because they're typing in a specific question in a search engine. So they're not necessarily going to land on your homepage or your about page. They're landing right in the blog post. And when you land in the blog post, we think that, oh my God, like, of course, this person's going to click over here and see that I have a freebie over here, or they're going to look in my sidebar but they're not because they're reading the content in the actual blog post. So when you have a content upgrade, you put that in the blog post and the, the, the content in that upgrade directly links to the topic of the blog post. So what I like to think of it as the next step of the next logical step from your blog post. So let's say your blog post is five foods you can eat right now to boost your immune system. Very timely right now, right? Then so you you write those three you share why you know maybe you're like okay well you know cruciferous veggies because the sulfur content helps your liver work better and blah 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 like i don't you know i don't know i'm not i don't know how deep you want to get into the science and the pathways of detoxification and everything but um what you then can do is in the content upgrade you're like that's great that you know these five foods now but how can you make it easier for them to consume those five foods you give them the recipes or you give them the meal plan with the recipes that have those foods right in it. Mm -hmm. So you're making it easier for them. So if they see value in that blog post, they're like, heck yes, I want to have that meal plan or I want those recipes or whatever it might be. And then you have their name and email and they're on your email list now. So, um, I have seen great, like it wasn't until I started adding content upgrades to my website that I started seeing my email list grow at, uh, and, and it, it's still increasing to this day. Like I now, I remember back when I used to have like one person opt in every like five days. And then it was, then my first goal was I want at least one person to join my email list every day of the month. So like, I remember taking a picture of that and being like, This specific day in like 2017, when every single day I could see someone opted in. And now it's, I usually have three to eight to 10 people a day that are Mm -hmm. opting into my email list because they're doing it through blog posts that I wrote like four years ago. So again, the blog content is being reused. Those content upgrades are still being reused. They're growing my list and those people are absolutely turning into paid customers.
0: It's amazing. Yeah. And, and I'm even thinking about this in terms of, you know, I don't personally have a blog. I have a podcast, you know, am I missing out on potential leads? You are. Oh yeah.
1: Absolutely. No, I have people, I listen to their content upgrades. A great person to listen to that is Ali Casaza. She runs the, I forget what the name of her podcast is, but it's great. She, um, helps women like unclutter their life. Basically. She's like a mom unclutterer. And, um, and, in a lot of her episodes, I've also heard this from Hillary Rushford as well. She's a, an online entrepreneur and you'll listen to it's not very often. and what I recommend is you don't have to do this with every podcast episode. It's the ones where maybe you're sharing a really high level strategy or something where there's a lot of different steps. Maybe it's just a summary. Maybe it's um, maybe you're talking about um, this is how you start a podcast, but then you're like, I get a lot of questions of like, the logistics of it, like what what mic do you use? What, what um, recording software do you use? You have just a quick one page. You go into Canva, you create a one page, super quick PDF download, and it just links to those things. Mm-hmm. That's making their life easier. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. It could be something super simple like that
0: hmm Absolutely. A lot
1: of, yeah. A lot of times I do how-to videos. So for me, I have a lot of tech stuff or I, I will have like spreadsheets that I use in my own business that I share in my, upgrade, in my content upgrades. But then I'm like, I'm not just going to share the spreadsheet because they're not going to know how to fill it in. So then I just record a quick 15 minute tech video that I'm like, here, this is how you use the spreadsheet. Because if they're mm-hmm. not going to use it, they're not going to see value in it and they're not going to trust me.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. It's yeah. really just thinking about all of these pieces of content again that you can create, because that's mm-hmm. really what we're talking about here is all this content creation and how to just optimize it and like bring yeah. it to the next level, really. Yes. That's
1: why it takes me and I allow and uh, that I only really write two blog posts a month when I'm writing them personally, because one Monday is when I write my blog post, is generally just writing the post. I go through, okay, like what is the search engine optimization? What would someone be searching? What am I actually answering? What's the value I'm offering in this? And then the next Monday, I'm just designing if I have a content upgrade, I'm doing the video, I'm getting it all ready to go tech wise with the, you know, little email you know, putting your name in email box. I'm, um, I'm making, I'm putting it in my email software. I'm making all of the images to go in social media. That's why it takes me two entire Mondays to create a blog post is because it doesn't, it's like anything else in your business. You can create the most amazing offers that would make someone's life incredible. But if they don't know that it it exists and you're not marketing it, it's useless. Mm -hmm. So that's why half of my time when I'm writing blog posts is actually working on how do I market this better? Mm -hmm. And how do I make this so that I can capture every single person as much as possible coming to that blog post? Because I am notoriously horrible at website traffic. Like I don't have very high website traffic for the size of business I have, but it's because I've optimized all of that traffic coming there Mm -hmm. with content upgrades, with my conversion rates, all of that stuff.
0: Yeah, I understand. Mm-hmm. wow it's a lot of food for thought and it's i i know personally i'm like there's so many different things that i could be doing so this is really yeah. interesting conversation to think about you yeah. know and this might be for let's be honest this might be for some people that are maybe at a next step in their business maybe they're not mm-hmm. completely just starting out because this might feel over their head or yeah. maybe they are going to start out and write like one valuable first blog post versus just putting yeah. a little bit of time and effort into something that might not Generate yeah. anything for them, but yeah. and we're not
1: creating a, a content upgrade for every blog post. I would say if you start with two or three content upgrades for your most popular blog posts, just start there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even one, just start and see how it goes.
0: Would you recommend people go back and some blog posts they already have added content? Yes,
1: yeah, don't create a new blog post. Go back to your old blog post if you have a website and a blog and go back and optimize one of your popular ones. So if you have your uh, website connected to Google Analytics, you can go back and look at what is your most popular blog post. And that's the one that you're gonna optimize. Because if it already has traffic going to it, if you maybe have some pins made on Pinterest, or if it is getting Google traffic and you had no idea, you want to capture those people that are going to that blog post. Because mm-hmm. think of all the websites you go to, chances are once they click away, they're going to forget who you even were. But if you give, they give you their name and email because you've created something that's really cool, You can that's how you turn that person into a paying customer.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Ashley, you're just like, like gem after gem here. <laughs>
1: Woohoo! I'm so glad. And <laughs> again, FYI, all of these are going to be sharing links below the podcast. I believe I'm going to send you links to like the blog post that I have written on my website about each of these things.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: I have a, a blog post all about content upgrades and behind the scenes of my statistics of like which ones I created and how I knew what to create an online course on. Of what my content upgrades were that were getting the most popular downloads, and my idea for my first online course was actually very different than what I created,
0: mm-hmm. because what
1: I thought I wanted to create was not what people wanted. So it's a great way for testing future paid offerings. Like there's so many ways you could take this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. exciting. I'm such an And I, th- <laughs> I love it. And I think right now, again, you know, for people that might have a little bit more time or a little bit more space, like this is the time to do those test, the test yeah. out. Mm -hmm. Play
1: around like this is found time or it's time again, where you might not be able to maybe your clients that you were working with, maybe they need to take two weeks off because they're too busy taking care of their kids at home. So you found an hour or two of free time. That's time that you could spend working on something else that you wouldn't have normally thought of.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. keep going. What's the next thing that people- Number
1: think? five, upgrade your skills. So we all, I don't know about you, and I know you have this, Steph, is you have a list of courses that you have bought that you have not even <laughs> opened. And I'm like that too. I'm so like that. So you might have, um, a course on copywriting or building an email list or how to market on Instagram or Facebook or building a website or branding. Like there are so many, I think there's like a million online courses out there. Right. And I always want to take more as well. So if you do have the funds, um, again, this is only for, if you have the funds, invest in a paid course, a paid course is always going to be for me personally, the quickest way to learn that new skill, for me it's mostly because if I'm so cheap that if I spend money on something, I'm like no, I'm I'm doing the thing. Like I sometimes spend money I probably shouldn't because it will force me to do whatever it is that I've purchased that course for or bought that coaching for and it actually will make me more money in the end because if I If it's for free, you don't value it as much. So you could, a lot of people that have online courses, like myself, you can go to their blog or like you, you have a podcast. You could listen or consume their free content and still learn really valuable things that can upgrade your skills. Mm -hmm. And not to mention YouTube and and Google. Like you can literally learn anything Mm -hmm. for free. Now, maybe not every step of the way, it's probably not going to be as in-depth as a course, but guaranteed, if you want to take a little bit more time to do it, you could piece together free stuff as well. And just, again, just what's something that you're like, oh, that's been on the my list forever and I just haven't had the time to do it? Or it just never seemed like I had the time to experiment? Like now is the time that I think we're seeing all the status quo kind of crumble, right? Like now mm-hmm. is the time to be like, let's try it. And if it fails, like, oh, well, we're just going to chalk it up to COVID-19, you know, pandemic failure. We're just going <laughs> to be okay with stuff failing right now, but if it works, it might be the best thing you ever did in your business.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I I think that this is a great time to do more of, if you've bought courses or if you're listening to podcasts or webinars, things like that, to absorb the information. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I always want to make sure, and I'm sure you're on the same page as me, Ashley, is we want to make sure also that people aren't just consuming, consuming, consuming without doing yep. anything with that information. Yeah. So if you're
1: going to listen to the ma- to the free webinar that someone has, and you know they're going to sell the course at the end, and you know you're not going to buy the course, because like, let's be honest, every single free webinar out there, 99% of them are going to sell you something. That's just like, I go into a webinar knowing that. But um, have you actually put into action any of the stuff in the webinar? Like, no, I have people that have bought my course, and I know that they didn't put any of it into action because I can go and see that they still don't have a website. But then I hear through the grapevine that they've purchased like $2,000 of coaching with this person. And and I'm just like, if they were to just like, not even necessarily my course, but those people, what they do once with my course is what generally they're going to do with all the other courses. So I know Mm -hmm. they also bought this other expensive course over here and this other course on this topic over here. It's like, Go and see what you've maybe invested in. And there's always something more that you can learn by even going back and getting into those fine details. Mm-hmm. Or the second time you listen to it, you might hear something totally different because you're in a different place with your skills and experience.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like a combination of doing the choruses and, and bringing in the information, but then making mm-hmm. good use of it out of it yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, and they
1: don't have to be expensive. I'm looking at investing in a search engine optimization course right now. And I mean to me this isn't expensive, but it's $149. That's not for most like that's a pair of jeans for a lot of people, right? Um you know, for some people it is more and you would have to save up for that. But that's not $2000 like b school is, right? Like it's it's more affordable. So it doesn't mean that you have to spend a lot of money upgrading your skills at all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Small, And
1: maybe the upgrade in your skills is just upgrading a piece of software and learning something new like Photoshop Mm -hmm. instead of Canva, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, I don't even know how much. I have Photoshop. I think it's like 15 or 20 or $25 a month. Maybe that's what you do is you invest in Canva Pro instead of the Mm -hmm. regular Canva Mm -hmm. and see what else is available to you in that. And that's what you play around with as upgrading your skills. You know, it doesn't have to be expensive.
0: Well, I think it's funny too, because I think as, Health practitioners, when we say upgrading your skills, a lot of us think, Oh, taking another health program. That is like, (laughs) that's my pet peeve. Yeah.
1: And we all do it. I did it. I totally did it for the first like four years of my business. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, my business isn't making money. I'm going to go and get certified in allergy elimination. And then, Oh, I'm still not successful. I'm going to go and get certified in this thing over here. And oh, I'm still not successful. I just kept taking health courses. And Mm -hmm. I think you were probably the same as well in that we weren't successful because we didn't know what we were doing. We weren't successful because we had no idea how to market and actually grow a business.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think it's being very clear that the time spent after graduating out of school, like sure, there are probably some scenarios where you might need to upgrade your your practitioner skills or Mm -hmm. you know whatever you're wanting to help your clients with. But a lot of the time it's learning how to run a business and that's where that time and energy needs to be spent.
1: Yes. Always. Like they taught us how to be amazing practitioners. They didn't teach us shit about being business owners at all. I know that it, it took me like seven years, five mm-hmm. years, six years, seven years to like understand, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I need to learn how to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Absolutely. And then
1: I started getting it. Okay. Step number six is, I mean, maybe this is a good iteration from in the next one is get a handle on your money. Because, okay, I I figured, and I put this in the post on Instagram that we're getting this inspiration from, is I put, while you're adulting over time in isolation, you might as well do the most adult thing as all. And that's deal with your money.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because
1: it's that thing that we just kind of sweep under the rug. Um, And again, especially a lot of us became holistic practitioners, not because we were interested in looking at money, but because we wanted to help people get better in their health. Um, But money is a huge part of it. And I know so many businesses, whether they're in the health and wellness niche or not, um, you live and die by how you can handle your money. And this is everything in life too, right? We're gonna start seeing economies around the world, hopefully not, but I mean, we're going to see major effects from this COVID-19 pandemic and you know, people not being able to buy stuff and economies starting to go, whether we go into a global recession or not. You do, this is a great time to be looking at, um, how do I, you know, do I even have an idea of money in my business? Do you know what your income and expenses are year to date? Do you know, um, do you, did you have any goals at the beginning of the year? Now, again, we're going to ha- might have to look at new goals now that we know business as usual might be shut down for one, two, three, like we don't know how long this is going to last. Right. Yeah. So you might need to look at the goals that you had at the beginning of the year. You might need to pivot. That's my favorite friends moment. Right. When Ross is like, Pivot. But you might need to audit and look at where you are so far. But, like, if you don't know your numbers, and it's a great time, I mean, we're coming into tax time anytime, anyways. So, a lot of us have been forced to sit down and be like, you know, what were our numbers for last year? But I find that so many people, and because I'm a former banker as well, I know that people don't like dealing with their money. But it is one of the most powerful things that if you can, and we're not trying to control it again, it's not this negative, like, I need to have control over everything. It's where am I? You know, let's take a realistic look at this. How much am I spending? How much am I earning? Um, You know, the goals that I set at the beginning of the year, I mean, we're almost to the end of the first quarter. So if you set a goal of an income goal of X amount by the end of the year, and you're not a quarter of the way into that yet, I mean, that's where you kind of should be, right? So what are your plans to make up if there's looking to be a big shortfall? Um, Are you ahead of schedule? You know, like this is a great time just to get an idea, or to even put a system in place. So again, um, there's a link to, I have a really easy money tracker. This was one of the first blog posts I wrote, I think back in 2014 or 2015. And it was my super simple money tracker. It's a free Google spreadsheet. I show you how I use this spreadsheet to track all of my Google, all of my income for like the first, I don't know, I didn't get a bookkeeper until 2019, until I was making $200,000 a year in my business. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you don't have a, a handle on it, um, now's a good time to just kind of dig a little deeper and, and like, let's, while we're, while we're burning down everything, why don't we just see where we're starting?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. And I think you made a really good point that, you know, we might've planned for 2020 to look a certain way, but with everything that's gone on, we're going to have to shift. We're going to have to pivot. I know I was just looking today at my um first quarter first quarter kind of plan and was like wow none of that happened because for me I had (laughs) surgery um a a trip to Bali was canceled this is happening so it's like everything needs to shift and I think Mm -hmm. that being a really good entrepreneur is knowing that you have to be flexible and you have to shift and then you get right back on the horse Yep.
1: It's about being resilient. It's the ultimate lesson in resilience. We're all getting a big lesson in resilience right now, right? Like in a big way. Um, There's nothing – it's funny that this brings in the conversation of stability. You know, it's at times like this that we realize that is a corporate job even that much more stable? Mm -hmm. Is it? You know, like is – our, I mean, we all know as nutritionists, for the most part, like, is our food system stable? Uh, hell no, it's not. Like, it's you know, we look at all these things, go, how are all these things going to be impacted? So you look at it and go, is the riskiest thing that I go out on my own? Mm-hmm. Is the riskiest thing that I count on myself and I know that I can pivot when I need to and not have to answer to anyone else? To me, I mean, I'm a entrepreneur. I can, I'm unemployable. Like, I don't think I could ever survive in a corporate environment anymore, but – there's power in that ability to be resilient and to pivot and to overcome and to get creative. Now is the time to get creative, I think, above all.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. see that this is an opportunity. Yeah,
1: yeah. it has to be. Because, I mean, how are we going to look at it as an opportunity or like the worst thing ever to happen in the world? Mm-hmm. Like it's both depending on how you look at it. There are going mm-hmm. to be some major innovations and brand new industries that are started. Brand new million ide- million dollar ideas that are being launched this week without the founders even knowing because they have to pivot.
0: Mm -hmm. When you get comfortable, you don't innovate. Again, going back to that idea of being on that hamster wheel of like when we're just going, 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 we don't have space to dream or we don't have space to think beyond what's happening right now. So I think Mm -hmm. that this time right now is giving us some space to do that.
1: Yeah, and that brings us to point seven, which is develop a new offering. Mm -hmm. Maybe something that you thought Like you thought how the year was going to go is not how it's going. And all of a sudden, maybe you have a new idea for something in your head that you're like, I didn't even think of that. Or you've had an idea for months or years and you just haven't been able to make it happen because you either didn't have the time. You had a job that was, you know, having you work 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week and you just didn't have the time to make it happen. Like you can make an online course happen in two weeks. Now, again, you need to kind of have the audience already there. That's a big part of whether an online course or, a, or an offering is going to be successful or not. But it doesn't have to be this big fancy thing the first time that you do it you absolutely can create a new offering. If not the full on offering, you can flesh it out. You can write it out. You know that time to dream. Just sit there. And if an idea comes in your head, I actually saw, I love following um, Shannon Monson Mm -hmm. is an entrepreneur that I like following on Instagram. And she just shared in her stories today that she carries around this journal because every time she gets an idea, she writes it down. She's like, I might never use it. It might not be a good idea, but I write it down. And then I write it down again on a post-it Cause she likes to plan everything with post-its. So she's like, it's already written down on the post-it. So then I can decide whether I want to implement it and when I want to implement it. Mm -hmm. So just because you have an idea, but like, let's develop that. Like one-on-one online course, plan it out, schedule a launch. Like if you don't ever say I'm doing it, it's never going to happen. Like pick a day, whether it's ready then or not, like guess what? You can move it. No one's actually paying that much attention to you that they pay attention when you move a date. (laughs) We all think they are. We're like, oh my God, people are going to know that I meant to launch this thing. Then you're like, no, they won't. They're too busy looking at everyone else's content to remember that.
0: Mm -hmm. It's so true. Yeah. And I think just breaking it back down to like Again, what's that end goal, right? If, you know, you want to eventually do an online program or have like a more passive business, but you don't have a big audience, like you said, right now, Ashley, maybe one on one coaching is a way to start and build it yeah. out right now.
1: I always do one on one first. That's how all of my online courses, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm considering creating a new offering for next year. And so I started taking business coaching clients this year because I want to see this idea. First of all, does it even work? Second of all, I don't need to create an entire online course, you know, all the videos and syllabus and all of that stuff. I don't need to create it when I have one-on-one clients yet because I can see if it sells. And then if I book clients, then I create it one week ahead of when they need that stuff.
0: hmm Absolutely.
1: And then if it's successful, I'll turn it into an online course. But I'm not going to waste the months or six months creating that when I don't know if people actually need it or want it. Mm -hmm. Testing. Yeah. The only thing that's going to guarantee that is when you get money in your pocket from Mm -hmm. that thing. People will tell you, oh my God, that's a great idea because they don't want to hurt your feelings. Mm -hmm. And then when you, the only thing that's going to guarantee is when you put that thing up for sale, do people open their wallet? Yeah. And that is the true test of whether something is really needed in this world, or did it wasn't marketed correctly as well. That that come, kind of comes into it, right? But um, there's a lot of different factors. But you know, now is the time. Develop a new offering. Maybe you need to take one of your higher priced offerings, and maybe you need to turn it into that online course or into an option that's more affordable, so that you can help more people right now. Mm-hmm. Pivot. You know, do it right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right absolutely. Now. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that's something that was x price you know at one point in your business you can't change that because like you said Ashley things are changing economically like that doesn't mean maybe you pull something from an old offering and make a new offering out of it like you can be really creative during this time
1: I just came up with an idea the other day and I was not looking for a new idea. And I was like, oh my God, I think this is a new, a good idea. And then I messaged a few of my friends and was like, "Hey, this idea came to me last night, always in the shower. It's always <laughs> when I'm in the shower. Yep. And they were like, oh my God, that sounds amazing. And I'm like, this new offering means I wouldn't have to create anything new. It's taking one of my current offerings and offering it in a new way. And I never would have considered that. And I don't even know why this idea dropped into my head, but I was like, oh, damn, oh, damn, I think this is going to be good. Mm-hmm. So like if you have that idea in your head, put out the minimum viable product right now or take a higher priced offering and develop it into a more affordable one so you can help more of these people right now that are home that need the action now, need the solution now, um, and maybe need a lower price solution now. You can do that too. Yeah. Lots mm-hmm. lots, lots of options. Um, all right, step number 8. Ready to go on to the next one? Yeah, let's do it. All right, step number 8 is launch or relaunch your business. So this might be for the person, again, this might be you take a little bit of a step back and you're like, "Okay, I have paid offerings. They're not selling." Or I'm just starting out and like, "Are you thinking of launching in a pandemic?" And that might sound like the craziest thing ever, but guess what? You have a captive audience of people stuck at home for 2 weeks who have screaming kids and they're like sitting in the bathroom on the toilet, spending five minutes with their phone so that they don't shoot someone. Mm -hmm. Like that's what they're doing. And they're waiting for you. Like just because they're home and they're worried about COVID-19 doesn't mean that they still don't have psoriasis or Crohn's or irritable bowel. It's more irritable. Their psoriasis Mm -hmm. is acting up and they're more aware of the other health issues that they have when the doctors are saying anyone with underlying health issues is more at risk. Those people are going, oh my God, like why didn't I take care of this sooner? Because they're too busy, because they have too many things going on, because life, right? It just happens. So this is a great time to go and like go hard and maybe you just offer a bunch of valuable free stuff. Maybe you go on five days this week from Monday to Friday and you just do a live on Instagram for 30 minutes. No, no strings attached. You're just teaching. Guess what? Like those people are going to trust you. Those people that if you decide to have something that you offer next week or the week after, they're going to be like, that girl just taught me a whole bunch of stuff. I really do trust her. Yes, I'm going to buy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. one hundred percent.
1: great time. It's It's never like there's what did I, I thought about this the other day, I was going to turn it into a quote on Instagram, is there's no shortage or like there's no, there's never too much of amazing content. Like I don't care how much content is out there. We get really tired of looking at shitty content all day, right? Like you can tell the people that just put up the whatever post and because they felt like they needed to put up a post. But I rarely get tired of reading something that is authentic and is really talking to what I needed to hear at the moment. And like, I don't get tired of that. I don't get tired of quality content. I get tired of shitty content. Mm -hmm. So create quality content. Yeah. And use it to relaunch your business. Like you can absolutely turn this into something. Like turn our lemons into lemonade. Mm-hmm. Full of vitamin C and boost your immune system. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> some stevia, not sugar, right? Like there's so many things that we can do. Um, I did put a blog post up, we'll link it. Um, I have a plan to launch your business. It the blog post is literally day one, do this. Day two, do this, day three to five, you're gonna focus on this. And by 30 days, I want you to have your first paying customer. Mm. And then the content upgrade is, oh, hey, you got the first month's plan. Now you want to know what to do for the rest of the year? Here, give me your name and email. And there, here's a whole one-year plan. There Mm -hmm. you go.
0: Wow. I'll make sure to link that one up. That's super valuable.
1: Yeah. And that's for people who maybe already had a business or have a business and they're just like, maybe they were, you know, out of action for the last year or they had a baby or something and they're really looking to like get back into it. You can use the same strategy whether you have an existing business or not. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then step number nine is, this is a good time, we've been talking about this throughout this, is to reset your goals. To really take an honest look at your life and be like, what is going on? Like, I think this is going to teach us, and I don't think we even have, and we can even grasp how much this is going to affect us. Like, We're in the point where we're, in Canada at least, this is newer. We've only had one death so far. It is not just going to be one death. Like, it might be your parents' death. It might be my parents. It might be my husband's parents. Like, there are going to be people in our lives that are affected. And it's because of this random virus that mutated two months ago, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think that in this time, we're going to learn that nothing should be taken for granted and that life is too damn short, to not do what you love. Or at least maybe we're not looking at like absolutely loving every minute of our lives, but at least we're looking at like, we don't want to hate every minute of our lives, right? Yeah, Like that is not the point of being on this earth. So if you have a job, another job that you've been like, "Uh, do I make that leap? Do I not make that leap? This might be the thing that makes you go, fuck it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. This might be the thing that you do something different or maybe you pivot your niche. Maybe you're like, I've been talking about this thing for five years and I'm actually more interested in this thing over here. Like this is the time, like this is the year 2020, the year of truth, right? I think that's all we have seen so far Mm -hmm. in this year is like, you know, we kept asking for something to come along and change the way the earth was going. And like, we got it. We might not like the way that it's being presented to us, But I think we have no doubt. I mean, we are looking at, we didn't like how the climate is going. We wanted to reduce climate, you know, CO2 emissions. Look what happened in China. is like you saw the emissions go drastically down because no manufacturing was happening. Like we are seeing in real time everything we were asking for, but just because we don't like the way it's coming to us, it doesn't mean that it's not an amazing tool or an amazing opportunity.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And we can say that now before we're really deep in it, right? Ask us in a week when like... (laughs) we've been at home for a week and we're going insane, but we can only look at it two ways. You can look at it as the worst thing ever to happen, or you can look at it as the best thing that ever happened. Sometimes needs to come from that forest fire that burns everything to the ground so that you can start again.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, like you said, I believe at the beginning, you know, this is This is coming up, and it's helping us all look at things differently. It's helping us all question things and see things from a different lens that we might not have seen it before. So, Mm -hmm. to just sit and do the Netflix binge, which I'll be honest, you know, it sounds really nice sometimes.
1: You need to do that. There's a time and place for that, right? Like this is coming from someone that struggled with anxiety so bad where that's the only thing I could do. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I got help for that, and I'm now fingers crossed, on the other side so that I can show up for others. Um, and that's what might – this might be that, right? It might be your chance to ask for more help. It might be you that gets sick and you're the person that ever that did everything for everyone else and you counted and, like, you didn't want anyone to have to – you didn't have, want to have, to have to ask anyone for help. Mm-hmm. This might be the thing that forces you to appreciate how wonderful it is to let others help you. Mm-hmm. Again, you might not like why they're helping you, but these are all lessons that we might have to learn and we are not in control at this point of learning or not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we can only really just control the way we're reacting you know, yeah. and how we're spending our time. Like you said, if we need that that time for ourselves to just do nothing. Maybe that's what you do right now. Maybe you are in a season or a feeling of wanting to be productive and wanting to make that change or difference in your business and you move forward.
1: Yeah. Like if, if the biggest thing that you do in the next week or two is to reset your goals and to just look at your life and you don't actually quote unquote produce anything that historically would be like, oh, look, I made this thing and this is my finished goal. If the finished goal is you journaling, And coming to a big life decision, like, that's an amazing thing for you to have accomplished Mm -hmm. while you're trying, you know, to get through whatever might be the symptoms or, you know, get through the social isolation. If you're by yourself, I couldn't imagine being stuck by yourself right now. That's really hard. Mental illness is going to be hand in hand and, and that mental wellness And to do what you need to do. So like, you know, if that's Netflix, then you do what you got to do. You do not have to create all those other things. Those are just ideas. You do and listen to yourself of what your body needs and your mind needs at this time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think even if it's just taking what you've learned here today and even just like, creating one of those, you know, like mind maps that used to do in like elementary school or high school or brain maps where you just like write down a word and then you have all these ideas that kind of go off of that. Even if it's just starting that creative spark, I think is a great way to even, even start. Don't feel like you have to do all of these nine things. I think like Ashley said at the beginning, you know, pick one or pick an idea or a spark of one and just start there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's what it all is, right? It's, that's all that life is, is following that one little thing from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing. And, you know, it's, uh, if anxiety taught me anything, it's that sometimes life is literally one breath to one breath. And I mean, I think that might be what a lot of people's lives will be like as they're battling COVID-19. Unfortunately, like it makes me cry to think that some people will be living breath to breath. And I don't understand what it feels like to live on it that way as a life and death scenario, but I understand what it's like to sit there and be like, just take the next breath. Mm-hmm. And I understand how scary it feels to be in that moment. And all that you can do is to take the next tiny, if it, even if it's a millimeter step forward, it's still a millimeter further than you were a minute ago, yeah. right? Oh. It's that little bit, step by step. And by the end, you will see that you'll see the journey that you were on and you'll remember that moment when you were at that step one Mm-hmm. And you're afraid to take it. Because you can actually say this was the day everything got shut down because of the pandemic. <laughs>
0: <You know? laughs> I remember when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I read something, this is totally off topic, but how um, they're going to call the next uh, baby boomers. Because, you know, in nine months now, there's going to be all these new babies coming out.
1: That's so true. Um, call
0: them the cranials or something? Oh, my God.
1: That's so funny. <laughs> and you know what I was just thinking today is I was thinking, so my son has taken it very hard today mm. that he can't go play with his friends. Like he's, he's seven and a half, you know, he's still in that. He doesn't quite, um, he can't think of his, uh, he can't, he's selfish, but not in a way that he's trying to be selfish. He's just seven and a half. So he's very affected by the fact that he can't go and play with his friends who we said this morning he would be able to play with until we really thought about it for a minute. Um, and I just thought, man, this must be a small fraction of what it felt to be a child during World War II. When there are bombs going off overhead, and like that, that created one of the greatest generations historically. I mean, other than the climate change issues, yeah, that created, but they didn't that was unknowingly right? They didn't do that on purpose, but that created some of the strongest, amazing advancements in technology in everything, right? Like, that's what we're saying is that in what was it, 1688, um, Isaac Newton created the theory of, gravi- of gravity. While they were out of Cambridge University because of the bubonic plague, because plague, it got shut down, mm-hmm. like some of the greatest advancements have happened because we had to think differently. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. We're going to have amazing things happen. We just, it sucks.
0: Mm-hmm. It sucks. Why? Yeah. <laughs> right? It's super difficult, right? It's It's a hard time. And I think like you said, the mental health issues that are probably going already, already prevalent for some people are going to come up, right? For some people don't know that that that's there. You know, there's, there's a lot of challenges lying ahead. But I think all we can do is just try our best to, you know, put every step forward, like you said, every moment, just looking at the next potential opportunity. Um, And also remembering that by you, like, you know, I'm speaking to you guys listening, by you putting yourself out there, putting your business out there, you're able to help so many more people. And this Mm -hmm. is a time where we really need helpers.
1: Yes, we need people to help everyone get better, whether you are a spiritual advisor, physical, It doesn't matter. It's all needed right now.
0: Well, thanks so much for coming on, Ashley, and you know being able to bring so much value. Like this episode, I think I could probably repurpose this in nine different ways (laughs) and share (laughs) it. Yay! Learn something. (laughs) (laughs) Share a tip from each part because it's like jam packed with value. It's going to give people um, something to constantly come back to and revisit. You know, not just while this is all going on, but in the future. Like, there's so many key things in here people could be doing to support their business so thank you and thanks for talking about this topic I know it's maybe uncomfortable for some it's hard it's you know what do we say about it but you know you've done a great job and I just want to say thanks so much
1: oh thank you for hosting me and yeah it, it was a pleasure
0: thanks for listening in if you like this episode feel free to leave us a review share the episode with a friend or take us on social media catch you next time